Thanks for joining us on the Church of the Lakes podcast, where we inspire life, share life, and give life. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at cotlakes.com. We'd love to connect with you. Now, let's go to the message. We started a brand new series uh, starting out 2021 last week, and it's called Be Different. And um, man, our teenagers and some of our adults did an amazing creative dance for us last week, right? Just got to give some props to them. And, and, and the idea was, I just want something different. Does anybody else ever feel that way? You ever, you ever like just get to the point where you're sick and tired of being sick and tired? You know what I'm talking about? Like I just, I, I, I want, I, I want more. And I know, and I say this to you, God has more for you. He has so much more for you. So I had prepared a teaching um, that was for this week. And then Wednesday happened. And the Holy Spirit began to speak to my heart. And I changed the whole teaching today because of what happened in our nation's capital. Because what you saw, and, and, and hear me, listen, this is not a political statement, so get off of your political grandstand for a moment, okay? And just hear. Violence with people, every once in a while a Boston Tea Party is necessary. But most of the time violence is just violence. Whether it was this Wednesday or events in our previous months as well, through other organizations and other people. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? And, and what the Holy Spirit began to say to me and talk to me about over the last couple of days, and what I want to talk to you about today is... We need a different, everything is different that we're talking about, be different. We need a different attitude as a nation and even as individuals. I think our attitude has gotten skewed and twisted. Whether it be because we watch too much CNN or too much Fox. Whether it be because we've gotten confused about gender issues and COVID and do I wear a mask? And now the new one is, do I get vaccinated? Do I not? I heard somebody died from it, Uh, uh, right? The chaos. Do you know what the chaos I'm I'm, I'm talking about? I talked to somebody just a couple days ago and she was talking to me about posting online and like the struggle of that. And should I do it? And should I not do it? And is it worth? And we were talking about like the idea of, you know, if you do it where it's going to make a difference, then maybe it's valuable. But if you're doing it and your little bubble of friends are the only people that read your rant, does it really make a change? Does it really make a difference? Like that's the idea. So I want to talk to you today because here's what I know. A nation changes when individuals change. And I'll tell you, 100% of what you have control of right now is sitting in your seat. And if we will look in the mirror and stop looking everywhere else and pointing fingers, if maybe we would look in the mirror and say, you know what? I want revival to come to America. Anybody? Anybody? Anybody would love to see just a great awakening sweep across our country? How about we do this? How about we just bombard God asking him to bring revival and awakening and we draw a circle, step in it and say, start here. We need a different attitude. What's an attitude? I looked up the definition. Here's what an attitude is. It's a settled way of thinking or feeling 
about someone or something. Typically one that is reflected in a person's behavior. It's a settled way of thinking or feeling. Now, here's what I would say to you. This is a Mike opinion. You don't have to agree with me. I think our nation and we, we have to own this as well, have gotten away from one side of that. We've gotten away from the thinking part of it. And we really err on the feeling part of it. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's all about our feelings. It's all about the way I feel and what I think. It's why we give participation trophies. (laughs) In my day, you actually had to beat somebody to get a trophy. Right? But why do we do that? Listen to the thought process. Well, because I don't want them to feel left out. It's about their feelings. Are Are you hearing? And we've come to a point, even as a nation, or even us sometimes, I don't, I, don't, I don't care how conservative you call yourself. I wonder how often we are leaning more on the way we feel. And that's what's driving who we are. It is verse. It's going to be the verse that kind of frames what I want to talk about today. First Thessalonians 5 and 23. May God himself, the God of peace. Would anybody like to see peace? Would you like to see peace in yourself? In your home, in Leesburg, in our nation. May the God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. Sanctify. It's a big old fancy word that means betterer and betterer. That he would sanctify. They would even make me betterer and betterer. Right? That he's in this process of working on my heart. And working on my darkness. And working on the things that are twisted and and, and, and unhealthy inside of me. May your whole, catch this, spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to talk about those three pieces for a second. Because that's what makes up who you are. Spirit, soul, and body. Just like, just like the Trinity, three in one, we are created in the image of God, soul, spirit, and body. And here's what's interesting. Most of us have a plan for our body. I'm not saying you're following it right now. I'm just saying you've got a plan, right? You know what I'm talking about? Come on, where are you? Those of you last year, you, you set out at the beginning of the year, you were gonna wear, you were gonna lose 20 pounds last year. And at this point, praise God, by His grace, you're only 30 pounds away. Anybody? You know exactly what I'm talking about, right? But listen to me. Most of us have some kind of a plan. Maybe your plan is the buffet, but it's still a plan. But then we have our spirit. Our spirit man, our spiritual side. And you're not at church because you don't think there's a spirit side. Most of us have a thought or some kind of an idea or a plan of how we deal with our spirit. Right? How how we deal with that part of us. We have a plan here at Church of the Lakes. Most of you know it. I'll say it again just to remind you. Our plan is that you would know God, 
right? That you would have a personal relationship with him, not a religion, but a personal relationship with him. That because of that relationship, you would begin to find freedom, that you would get past your past. We just sang that, right? In one of the songs. That then after you get past some of your stuff and your baggage and all, that you might begin to discover purpose so that you can make a difference. No, God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. That's our plan. That's what we do in Life Steps. If you haven't been through Life Steps, you need to come join us. We got Life Steps today. For those of you who are new, today's the perfect one. I'm going to talk about who we are, what we do, how we're structured, who I'm accountable to, how we deal finances, all that kind of stuff. Right after church, come to Life Steps because we want to take you on that spiritual journey. So most people have some sort of a plan or idea of what they're doing with their body and with their spirit. What about your soul? What is the plan for your soul? Because we all hear about what this pandemic is doing to our bodies, right? We got all kinds of different, you know, you got this and masks and not masks and vaccines. And some people are affected this way and ventilators. And I mean, we got all that stuff just running through our head. We got an idea what this pandemic is doing spiritually. We're having a hard time having churches gather together, right? So a lot of churches are struggling a hundred times worse than Church of the Lakes. We are so blessed. You should thank God every day, right, for where we are and that we're allowed to sit here and be here and not have to have some civil disobedience to our governor or whatever. You understand what I mean? Like they're doing in other places. So we see what the pandemic, I think, this is, this is Mike's opinion again. I think what we're missing is what this pandemic is doing to our souls. There's a term, I hate it. With, with, I think it's a lie from the depth of hell. And it's this, you ready? I wonder if you've heard this lately. It's unprecedented. Have <laughs> you heard that phrase lately? Do you know what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes? It says there's nothing new under the sun. This is not unprecedented. We've had pandemics. And sorry, no offense to anyone. I'm not arguing politics with you, but a lot more people die in a lot of other pandemics. Right? We, we, have, we have seen these things because the pattern of sinful man comes back. So listen to me. Do not let those words keep you in a state of panic. That's what those words are doing to us as a nation. Oh, it's unprecedented. We've never dealt with this before. Oh, my. Right? Fear. Listen to me. Ecclesiastes says there's nothing new under the sun. Nothing has happened that has made God come up off of his throne and go, what am I going to do? Nothing. Nothing. We have a plan for our body. We have a plan for our spirit. What about your soul? Every time I go to counseling, because I have a counselor who's Pastor Ron, who's one of our overseers, who has care for pastors that you support through your missions dollars. There's a question he asks me every time I see him. He looks me straight in the eyes and he says, how's your soul? How's your soul? So let me ask you, how's your soul? This week, I had the opportunity to see the state of my soul. I'm not going to describe the scenario, but I'll just tell you this. I completely lost my temper this week. I was in a scenario, and I mean, I 
lost my temper, like rage, lost my temper. And my wife was standing right next to me. And when I finally kind of calmed down and went, what the heck, why are you freaking out? And I looked at her and I went, honey, I am so sorry. And she said, I haven't seen that in you in a long time. And I think God gave me that moment just because I'm doing this this morning, right? To say how often we think our soul is in a healthy place and we put on our spiritual masks. But let me ask you to be raw and real with yourself if no one else right now. How is your soul? Because if the eyes are the windows of the soul, listen to me, the emotions are the voice of the soul. So when I lost my temper, that was the voice of a soul. It's still got some stuff rattling around inside. It hasn't been addressed or hasn't been dealt with. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying to you? If we're going to have a different overall attitude, it's going to be because we have some soul care. We take care of our soul just a little bit, right? I don't know if you saw this, but just recently, Julia Roberts came out and made this statement about 2020. She was just talking about how bad 2020 was. Let me show you. Look. That's funny. I don't care who you are. That's funny. I just knew we were getting kind of heavy. I knew we were going to need a laugh about right there. Okay. But I want to talk today. Listen, seriously, I want, I want to talk today about our emotions. Are, are you hearing me? Uh, 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 let's do, can we do a little soul care today? Can we push in just a little bit and say, you know what? Every time I lose my temper, I rage. Every time I isolate and run away, every time I'm unhealthy in the way I deal with things or my overreaction, does, does anybody ever have the thought, why did I just do that? Does anybody ever have that thought like me? Listen to me, that's about soul care. That's what we're going to do now. Let's do a little bit of soul care. So, so let's talk about this. Let's talk about the emotional struggle because I want to deal with Because your soul, just so you know, because you may be going, well, I don't even know where to start with that. And what exactly is my soul? Here's what your soul is. It's your mind, your will, and your emotions. Mind, will, and emotions. Mind, will, and emotions. Right? Your mind is the control center. Your will is the decision center. And your emotions are the feeling center. And what I just said to you was, I think our issue is we've gotten heavy on the emotion side, right? We've stopped developing our mind. Our education system is not really working right now. I'll just go ahead and say that. Which is why we're here at Leesburg High School to try to make a difference and bring something more. Do you understand? Like we've got to develop the minds that can develop a, a, a will and a decision center but the problem is the emotions are so out of control. That's why a mob of people go crashing into the Capitol this week. It is, listen to me, emotional immaturity. Can I stand and be transparent this morning? There are parts of Mike that are still emotionally immature. I'm working on it. I want to challenge you to do the same. 
Because as we go into the future, whatever it looks like, people are freaking out because we're going to be a socialist country. People are freaking out because this is going to happen and that's going to happen and blah, blah, blah. Listen to me. Whatever happens, the church is going to need to be strong. And the church is only going to be as strong as its people are emotionally intelligent. Are you tracking with me? That we're able to deal with conflict. And we're able to deal with disagreement. And we're able to deal with these things the way Jesus did. With love. With patience. I stink at patience. with kindness, with empathy for where other people are coming from. So let's talk about emotion. Let's talk about our emotions. Because here's what happened. There's a little cycle that we go through that I want us to recognize. I want to give you some tools today for you to recognize some things inside of yourself. So what happens? Well, first, number one is we experience shock. Right? We're shocked with a doctor's report. We're shocked with some particular scenario. Do you know what I'm talking about? We're shocked with the loss of a job. We're shocked with quarantining. We're shocked with whatever it is. Like life happens, right? Life just happens. And and we find ourselves in these places of, of shock. And what happens is when we hit shock, we have a tendency to go in. There was a pastor back in the 1800s during, a, during an epidemic. There was a cholera epidemic. Right in 1854, it was a little unknown pastor. So be like Mike, you know, pastor of a small, small town church, not a known name or anything. But this pastor, what he was dealing with at that time, he was doing a funeral every day because of the cholera breakout. So every day was a visitation with a family. I did a funeral yesterday. It's amazing how God always has me do things that help me to understand what I'm trying to express and teach to you. And so I, I did a funeral just yesterday. And, and, and every day he did that. And I thought, golly, what is that like? Well, this particular pastor became known as the Prince of Pastors. His name is Charles Spurgeon. Some of you might have heard of him. But, but I want to tell you what, what he went through because he was returning one day from yet another funeral, right? Just another moment. And he looked over and there was a shoemaker's storefront. And in the storefront, there was a piece of paper. And on that piece of paper was a verse. And the verse said this. Now, this is in Old English, but I'll translate it sort of in a moment. It said, because thou hast made the Lord thy thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee. Neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling." Let me say it again with a modern translation. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you, no plague will come near your home. Spurgeon read that, and in a moment, it changed something inside of him. Here's what he said. The effect upon my heart was immediate. Faith appropriated the passage as her own. I felt secure, refreshed, girt with immortality. I love that. Girt with immortality. I went on with my visitation of the dying in a calm and peaceful spirit. I felt no fear of evil. I suffered no harm. Did you hear that? Listen to me. His situation didn't change. Right? 
He said, I went on with my visitation to the death. He was going to the next funeral to plan the next funeral for the next day and the next one and the next one. It was all the same. What was the change? The change was inside of his soul, right? The change was a grasping of the emotions that had taken over and we all feel that. And what happens is if shock goes long enough, we get kind of to the next stage and we feel sorrow. Now, let me say this to you. Shock and sorrow are a normal part of living on this earth. Shock and sorrow are going to happen. We say it this way. We've said it this way since we started the church. If you're not in a storm, either you're between storms because one is on its way. And people go, I'm so glad I came to church. (laughs) Could you be more positive, Pastor Mike? Sure. I'm positive that you're either in a storm or one is on the way. Listen to me, that's just, that's a part of life. We're sinful people, surrounded by sinful people in a sinful world, right? Shock and sorrow are are, are a normal part of life. Sorrow is a normal and even healthy part of dealing with the reality of this life. It becomes a problem, listen to me, it becomes a problem when sorrow begins to overcome us. When we allow sorrow to change the core of who we are or the focus of our lives. Even David felt it. Look at Psalm 61 and 1. Hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayer. From the ends of the earth, I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed. But what does he do? Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. You hear the the turn? You hear the turn that he took? And if we let sorrow overcome us, then we find ourselves in the last stage. And the last stage is this. We begin to struggle. Struggle. What do you mean we begin to struggle? I'll say it to you this way. We begin to medicate. Because of whatever struggle is in our life, we find something to make ourselves feel better. It might be as simple as Netflix binging. Come on. You thought I was going to say alcohol or drugs, didn't you? It might be shopping. Oh, here we go. It might be outbursts on social media. That that's the way I'm dealing with my sorrow. That somehow I think that that's going to make some kind of a difference or whatever. And that gives me some temporary moment of pleasure and feeling like I just accomplished something. Wow, 17 people read what you wrote. Come on. Like, let's, let's be real for a second, right? So we medicate. When we are struggling, we have this tendency to isolate. And the enemy loves to get you isolated and on your own. Because you will now go into a cycle. A cycle of ruminating and medicating. Ruminating and medicating. What is ruminating? I think about it over and over and over. Does anybody? Anybody? Anybody been there? You just can't let it go. I can't go to sleep. I can't. This... Somebody needs to pay for this. These idiots don't know how to think. I'm going to ruminate and then I'm going to medicate. I'm going to do something to make me feel better. And all we're doing, listen to me, in that moment is struggling. Nothing's actually being constructively accomplished. We're just struggling through the moment. Jeremiah 20 and 18. Even Jeremiah, who is a prophet, had the same feeling. (laughs) 
Why did I ever come out of the womb to see trouble and sorrow and to end my days in shame? This is what Jeremiah wrote. I love the Bible because it's so real. Do you understand what I mean? All the characters, they felt what you felt. They've been through what you've been through. The the Bible is not some like pie in the sky thing that's not reachable. They're all just as real. Even Jesus, listen to me, hung on the cross and said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Isn't that the question we get to? Why? Why? And I want an answer. And I want an answer right now. Like, what? Oh, I'm posting. Right? Why did, why did they do this? Or why are they doing that? How come that? I'm making a, I'm sending a text message. <laughs> and we've got a little keyboard courage. You know what keyboard courage, right? That you'll say things that you would never say to that person's face because you're really a big chicken liver. Listen to me. God has a plan for each one of our lives. And he has never experienced shock. He's never come up off his throne and gone, oh my gosh. But you know what Jesus has experienced? And that is sorrow. He was described as a man of sorrow. Right? And so what God wants to do is he wants to meet you at those places of shock and sorrow. Because there's a normal part of what we deal with and a normal part of what we go through. And he wants to build something inside of you, something strong, something sturdy that can deal with the craziness of this life. Right? I was saying it to the worship team. We were talking before service. And little Caden was down here. And I'm trying to talk. And I'm all like serious talking to the worship team like this. And here's the baby. Right? And it's one of the happiest babies on the planet. Right? You just see this baby. And he's like, <laughs> like he's looking at me going. <laughs> right? And I'm all serious talking about, we're going to talk about people's emotions today. And I want y'all to dig in and everything. And, and it was funny because the Holy Spirit said to me, look right there, that's it. Why are we not that free? And it's because we have so many things that we've let Get in and capture parts of our soul. Are you, is anybody connecting with us today? And man, I want your freedom. I, I want you to look at God and go, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I do. I, I want you to have that kind of amazing freedom. So let me end today with giving us some practical. What can we do to work on soul care a little bit? Let me go to Matthew 7, 24 says this, and this is from the message. Just so you know, the message is a paraphrase. It's not actually the Bible. It's someone who paraphrased the Bible and put it into different words that we can understand uh, in today's language. So it says this in Matthew seven twenty four in the message. These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. Stop. I love that statement. In other words, hey, God's word and the things he's trying to say to you, these are not just things that you go, oh, that's a good saying. Right? Oh, that, that's kind of cool. I'm going to add, add that to my... No, these are not incidental additions to your life. Are you, are you tracking with what I'm saying to you? This is, this is life, is what he's trying to say to us, right? He goes on and it says, these are not incidental additions to your life. 
that's awesome. Uh, my Apple Watch just asked me if I fell. Do I need to call 911? <laughs> I broke my hip. I fall- no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Sorry, I didn't mean to mock anybody. My mother-in-law fell last week, so that's not too funny. But anyway, the word I speak to you is not incidental additions to your life. Listen to me. Home improvements to your standard of living. This is not to increase your standard of living. They are foundational words. Words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. The rains poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing moved the house. It was fixed to the rock. Doesn't that sound good? Let me ask you something. You want your soul fixed to the rock. You want to be a little bit better at responding to the chaos of this life. I know I do, and I know I need it. So let's build a little metaphor based on this. Because here's, here's what you may or may not know. When I started in ministry, the church couldn't pay me when I started out at South Point. So I started in construction. So I would work construction all day and then I would come do the youth pastor thing until they could pay me. And so I want to use a little building metaphor to help us to kind of understand how do we, how do we work on soul care? How do we build our soul? How do, how do we build something solid inside of us so that our emotions don't rule us? In all that we do. So I want to talk about three parts of construction. And we're going to use that as a metaphor. The foundation, the structure, and the decor. Foundation, structure, decor. Here we go. Number one, the foundation. The foundation, listen to me, of a healthy soul is relationships and connectedness. The foundation of a healthy soul is relationships and connectedness. I'm going to say something for some of you. It's going to sound heresy till you think it through a little bit. That's okay. See, because your biggest issue is not sin. Your biggest issue is solitude. Because where do you have a tendency to sin? When you find yourself by yourself and nobody's watching. See, our issue is solitude. You were made for relationship. And the problem, the reason so many of us are dealing with soul care and the struggle of our soul is that we kind of have isolated ourselves from people because of the hurts of this world. Are you hearing me? The first thing that people do when they have struggle in their life is to stop coming to church. That's like one of the first things they pull away from. And I always, it just hurts my heart because I'm like, that's exactly what you need. It's exactly what you need. You need a relationship with God and relationship with other people to speak into your life. So, hey, guess what's starting the 1st of February? Small groups. Small groups. You need to find a small group. Listen to me. Let me go this far. I'm not trying to pad our numbers in small groups. So go to a small group for another church. I don't care. I really don't. Listen to me. I'm concerned about your soul. I'm concerned about the reality that you need people in your life that know what's going on with you. That know what's behind the mask. Because if you have some kind of secret sin or struggle or thing that's going on inside of your life and you're the only person that knows, listen to me, you're in trouble. A healthy soul, a healthy place 
Matter of fact, um, a lot of guys I've helped work through over the years dealing with pornography. Do you know what the number one symptom of pornography is? Anger. See, it's, a, it's an unsettled soul. Are you hearing me? And the loss of temp. And all sin is that way. We can walk through the sin. And you see those responses. So, so the foundation, the foundation of a healthy soul, listen to me, is relationship and connectedness. Probably the second most horrible term that we have learned in this pandemic. First is it's unprecedented. And the second one is social distancing. We don't need social distancing. We need physical distancing sometime to be safe. But listen to me. We need social interaction. We need social care. Are you tracking with me? Like social distancing is the last thing that we actually need. We need to connect with God and others every day. Every day. It is the foundation of a healthy soul. We will not have peace or be emotionally stable unless there is a foundation in our life of relationships. First with God, second with others. The foundation is what holds up everything else. Philippians 4, 8, 9, it says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Let's be honest for a second. When you're by yourself, do you think noble, right, pure, love? Come on. No. No, we're sinful. Right? We are totally deprived. Left to my own, Mike is a mess, y'all. We, we, we need each other. You need some real relationships. For some of you, that probably needs to go to the top of your resolutions for 2021. Some good, healthy, godly relationships that will encourage you and push you forward. It says, if you think about those things, the God of peace will be with you. So not only with God, a relationship with God, and if you don't have a relationship with God, you can start that today, and I'll give you that opportunity at the end of the service. But it's also with other people, Ephesians 4 and 6. From him, the whole body, joined, held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Has anybody ever, like, gone shopping to the mall and seen a pancreas walking around the mall? Anybody? How about a heart, liver, some guts or intestines? No, listen to me. Those are part of a body and you are part of a body. And by yourself, you're just kind of a weird part. But connected to the body, we play our role and that's the way we're designed to be. You've got to have relationship and connectedness. That's the foundation. All right, so let's talk about the structure. Picture in your mind the structure of a house. When you've got the structure up, it's kind of ugly, right? Like it's like studs, you know what I'm talking about? Like it's just the studs and maybe it's dried in, so it's got Tyvek all across the side. Like you're getting a picture, right? Just, just the structure of this. What is the structure? The structure of a healthy soul, listen, purpose and routines. Purpose and routines. Purpose and routines. 
Some of the things that we looked at as purpose have been stripped away from us. Maybe you lost that job you had. Maybe it wasn't such a bad thing. Because maybe that's what you were leaning on for your purpose. When God has something different and more for you. Like, let me just say this to you. Some of the things that we have lost, maybe that was actually God at work. Bringing us back to a place of understanding what really matters and what really has meaning. What is the purpose? Jeremiah 29 and 11, you've heard this verse. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and not a future. The problem is what it says in, in Proverbs twenty nine eighteen: Where there is no vision, people what? Perish. So an unsettled soul. Somebody who's just fighting anger or fighting whatever. Could be somebody who doesn't have a relationship with God, doesn't have connectedness with healthy other people. But it could also be this part of it. That I, I don't really know why I'm here. If, if that is the thought in your, in your soul, let me ask you what your attitude is going to be like. Right? Like if you don't know why you're at that job, I wonder why you spend half your time on Facebook. Because I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't feel purpose. And it's the routines. And the routines of our life are the things that we're doing that are taking us to where we want to go. And sometimes we get to the place where we look at our routines and go, I don't, I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't know what. And listen to me. God wants to speak to you vision. That's what we do in Life Steps. Let me invite you again to come join us. But let me give you a different version of Proverbs twenty nine eighteen. This is just a different version out of the NIV. It says, where there is no revelation, understanding, vision, understanding, people cast off restraint. Like if I don't know where I'm going, I don't have any reason to have any boundaries about anything. Right? I just, I just cast off restraint. And it's why I, I continue to struggle. It's why I continue to, I do kind of good with, with God for a little while. And then next thing you know, I find myself back at the club or hanging out with those friends or all of a sudden my mouth gets all kind of potty mouth again because of who I'm hanging out with, right? If you struggle with the kind of flip-flop thing, and we all do that somewhat, like please don't hear me judging you at all because I do it too. But if you juggle with that, it's, it's a soul issue. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying to you? It's a loss of purpose and healthy routines. This is why we have a quiet time. This is why we're doing 21 days of prayer and fasting. This is why we've got to get into God's word because we're doing routines that take us towards a particular purpose. For every one of you sitting here today and you go, I don't really know what my purpose is. I would say it to you this way. I think you're overlooking the obvious. You got kids? There's purpose there that you might raise up Christian households to take on the next generation. Come on. You got grandkids? You got a part to play there. You got a neighborhood that God has put you in? He puts you there for a reason. Maybe you should get to know your neighbor's names. Listen, listen. You've got to start seeing purpose in where you are. You lost the job? You got that doctor's report, that shock came. 
didn't shock God. Matter of fact, I think God probably went, watch this. Watch what I'm about to do. Because he's always working, y'all. Are you hearing me? And he's good. He's really, he's, he's really good. We have to frame the house of our soul with focus of true meaning and purpose. So I've got to discover my purpose and make a difference. That's part of the vision of what we do here. So the foundation is relationships, connectedness. The framing or structure is purpose and the routines that come to create that purpose. And third and lastly is the decor. What's the decor? That's the pretty stuff, right? That's like once we get done with all the ugly stuff, then we get to put down that really cool wood flooring, right? Rebuild that deck, hang this picture here, splash wall, accent wall there, right? Make it all nice. What does it look like for your soul, listen, to get decorated, if you will? It's going to take two things. It's going to take trust and self-control. Trust and self-control. I loved it this week. I loved, I love when I get an opportunity to brag on my staff. I loved it this week because most of you guys know Eden. Eden is our youth, a youth director. She does thrive and all. And when Eden, when I asked her to come on staff, she took a pay cut to come on staff. Like she was at a job that she wasn't making that much money anyway. And she took a pay cut to come here, you know? And you might think, well, that's kind of crazy because you got two small kids and y'all are trying to figure out just bought a house and all this kind of stuff. But it was so fun this week when Eden came to me and we were talking about Thrive and she talked about this one particular kid. I won't say his name just for confidentiality. But he started talking to her and he said, you know, I never had a dad to teach me how to throw a ball. And he just all of a sudden, like Eden was reading a book. She said, and this kid just starts talking like deep, right? So she shut the book and turned to this kid and started listening. And he, and he, and he said, yeah, you know, my dad did something inappropriate to somebody, so now he's in prison. And Eden said she just sat there and listened to this kid and thought, this is why I'm here. Like, this is purpose. This is why we'll deal with whatever paycheck the paycheck looks like. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Like, like when you start to understand and trust that God has you where you are and you have the self-control to stop chasing the stuff of the world and come back and say, God, what do you want me to do? No matter how crazy it sounds. No matter what it looks like. Some of you here, I don't know, maybe this year God's going to call you to be a missionary in Siberia. Negative 76 degrees. I'm praying that God does that to someone else. I'm kidding. Listen to me. If that's what God calls us to do, then that's what we do. Trust and self-control. That's what decorates a soul. When you trust who God is, what he says. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him. And he will make your path straight. So I want to I 
share something as we close. And some of you know, will know the first part of this, but maybe you don't know the whole thing. So Reinhold Neighbor is the guy who came up with something called the serenity prayer. You heard of this? Probably have heard the first few words, but you may not have heard the whole prayer. So here it is. God grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change. Let me ask you, is there anything in your world right now that you really can't change? That your posts are not going to change. It's going to change some of your relationships because you're ticking people off. But it's not really making a change, right? So, So God, give me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things that I can. And we've already said it. Most of what you can change is sitting in your chair. Right? It's, it's right here within me. It's right here within my own soul that I do some soul care today. And the wisdom to know the difference. Right? God, give me the wisdom. Okay, God. Let me stop for a second and think. My emotions are raging. I'm upset. Right? Because here's what emotionally intelligent people do. Frame it, name it, and tame it. When that emotion comes, I frame it. I go, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. This is one situation. This is not like necessarily going to end the world. So I'm, I'm going I'm to put some boundaries to this thing and frame it. Then I'm going to name it. What emotion am I feeling and why am I feeling it? And then I'm going to tame it so that I don't react. And re- you know, that I react in such a negative way as I typically do. Anybody else? I'm a reactor. I'm like a nuclear reactor. Come on. Anybody? God, give me the wisdom to know the difference. What I can change and what I can't change. You know that, but let's keep going with this prayer. Living one day at a time. Enjoying one moment at a time. Accepting hardship as a pathway to peace. Do you hear that? Accepting hardship is a pathway to peace. Maybe what you're going through right now is on purpose because it's taking you somewhere else. It's taking you to a place of peace. Taking, as Jesus did, this sinful world as it is. It's a sinful world. It's messed up. Why are you so surprised when people are stupid? Right? They're sinful. You're sinful. Might look like a fool this week, blowing up. We do these things to each other. So I take it as Jesus did, this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it. Come on, where are my other control freaks in the house today? Okay, right? Not as I would have it. Keep going. Trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will. So that I may be reasonably happy in this life. I didn't write this. This is his words. But I actually kind of like that. Because I think the prosperity gospel has sold us something that's not real. Pure bliss and happiness is not going to happen on this planet, y'all. That's called heaven. Are you hearing me? But we can say, hey, God, let me get to a place where I'm reasonably happy. Shock and sorrow are still going to come, yes? But if I've I've got soul care, if I've taken care of what's inside of me, I'm going to respond to it in a healthier way. I'm going to still find myself at, at peace. 
to be reasonably, reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. Isn't that good? Here's what I'd like to do. Lizzie's going to put it back up for me. And I want you to pray it with me. And, 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 I, and I'll read it and we can just kind of read it slow. But can we pray this prayer together today? And maybe you do a little soul care. And consider what emotions that I'm letting control and rage inside of me. And I've got to lay the foundation of relationships. I've got to have the structure, right? I've got to have that in place. So let's pray this prayer together. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can. And the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time. Enjoying one moment at a time. Accepting hardship as a pathway to peace. Taking, as Jesus did, this sinful world as it is. Not as I would have it. Trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will. So that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. And all God's people said, let me pray for you. Father, thank you for your word today. And God, I pray that you would give us, you gave us some wisdom today. Now give us the courage to do some soul care. To actually step into what we heard and what we learned today. Not just be heroes of the word, but doers of the word. And I pray, God, over these people right now, I pray healing of hurts. Of words that have been spoken, that have wounded their soul. Would you bring some healing right now, God? Give us strength to trust you. That as we build relationship with you and others. we acknowledge the hole in some of our hearts and some of our souls because of things that have happened in our lives. Would you fill it this morning that we might find our purpose and our meaning in you and begin to build our routines around that purpose while we are trusting you Walking in self-control. Build our souls, God. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Thanks for joining us today. We would love to help you on your next steps. Please visit cotlakes.com. Join us weekly as we continue to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in our community.